At first, the eggs were a minor nuisance. An isolated incident in a small town that made the local news little more than a novelty. An insignificant farm became infected with some sort of web-covered egg clusters the size of beach balls. Several privately funded research teams came with the owner's permission to take samples in order to determine where the eggs originated. News of the incident eventually died off as the non-disclosure agreement signed with the property owner took effect. The research teams took all the specimens, leaving the property owner with a handsome payment. The world had all but forgotten about the mysterious giant eggs before another cluster made the news. This time in the park of a major city. Three square blocks were quarantined and the military set up barriers around the area. It seemed the CDC knew something everyone else didn't, but they were hardly forthcoming. Within 24 hours, another, more significant cluster was discovered in a field halfway around the world. Eight hours after that, seven more were reported, four of which were in major cities. The egg clusters were infesting nearly every major city and practically every town in the following hours and days. As far as public information went, there was none on where the eggs came from or what was in them. Task forces swept major cities, incinerating the eggs with flamethrowers. New clusters would pop up overnight. It was never-ending. Within a few days, some of the eggs began to open. They twitched and cracked at the top. With a poof sound, they slowly peeled open in three pieces. The skin of the egg was soft and leathery when hatching, but almost impenetrable during gestation. The first eggs to open carried no living creatures, but instead expelled some kind of gas. At first, the public panicked as everyone thought it was a sort of poison. Fear-mongering drove people to rioting and violence. People hurt and killed each other over gas masks and supplies. It was later determined the gas was not directly harmful to humans, although the air became thick with the gray vapor. As more of these eggs opened up in the coming days, the atmosphere became increasingly dense and carried a metallic tinge. Within the gray miasma, unknown organic plant life started to bloom. White gray vines climbed up the sides of buildings and houses, growing nearly two feet an hour and covering structures. Tall, thin tree-like poles containing no branches sprouted up everywhere. The rigid black stalks that protruded even through concrete and asphalt were almost unbreakable without heavy equipment 
and reached a maximum of twenty feet tall very quickly. What these spear-like trees effectively did was eliminate motor vehicle travel. They were so numerous, you couldn't drive a car without wrecking in an instant. Fields of small orb-like succulents bloomed around the wilting trees and bushes that could no longer survive the atmosphere. An emerging new world is one humans are unable to understand or revert. The clusters were essentially terraforming Earth. Daily, new species of flora were discovered. Within a week, people began to starve as their food and water supplies ran out. Without the road and train systems, shipping large quantities of food and supplies was impossible. Pre-cluster crops and plant life had all but died off by this point. Although the air wasn't lethal to humans, it was incredibly toxic to non-miasmic plants. Another odd discovery was that a strange yellow fuzz grew on the bodies of deceased humans. Corpses were the only place we saw the vivid mold. About twenty days after the first eggs opened, the remaining eggs began to hatch. These did contain living beings. Borers, as people took to calling them, made Earth's situation much, much worse. They are about 18 inches in diameter, with 10 spindly jointed legs arranged in a decagonal formation. Connecting and covering the legs is thick, leathery gray skin. Borers are very flexible and have practically all muscle. They can squeeze themselves under door frames and seem to detect people within short distances with the three antennas atop their featureless heads. What's worse is they can spread their skin-connected legs and float from high places like an umbrella. From above is how most people fall victim to them and why they're called borers. Once one of them lands on somebody, their body covers the person's head, and the ten legs hook under the jaw and into the back of the neck. This part of the process isn't fatal, although attempted removal will cause the legs to pierce deeper through the neck, which will likely kill the host. The creature now resembles a leathery bag covering the head of the victim. Next... A sharp appendage penetrates the person's skull and bores into their brain, spreading a stream of tiny tendrils that take over the body's functions. At this stage, the human host goes into a coma-like state. Incidents have been recorded of people with borers latched onto them stumbling into the wilderness, but most lay where they are attacked. The incubation period commonly lasts three days, after which the host dies, while much of the body becomes dehydrated, giving a mummified appearance. The chest cavity bloats immensely. On the third day, what has been growing in the host's body 
emerges in a bloody fashion. At this point, all the body's blood has been forced into the chest cavity for the growing being to feed. When the struggling creature rips out of the chest, an explosion of blood and viscera coats the area with a wet and audible pop. These emerging creatures are known as stalkers, and like the rest of the cluster spawn, grow incredibly fast. Its six stilt-like legs, when fully grown, resemble the black pole trees that litter the landscape. This design seems intentional. Fully grown stalkers stand amongst the trees with legs equally as tall and wait. The difference between the creature's legs and the branchless plants are almost imperceptible to one not paying close attention. Due to the thick, smoggy air, one cannot see high enough to determine if the body of a stalker waits among the trees. But they can somehow sense living beings, and if an unfortunate soul walks into its vicinity, one of its specialized pedipalps hooks through the person's body. Then it drags them up into the fog, two stories to its gray leathery car-sized body. The underbelly contains an opening, not unlike a mouth, that the stalker shoves its hooked catch inside. The aperture closes around them immediately, and finally. Within the featureless body of the stalker are hundreds of short, half an inch teeth. Every so often, the boneless, muscled body needs grinding the body of the living human within to create openings, mush bones, and continue bleeding. The walls of the toothy womb secrete a thick slime that seeps into the victim's wounds. This process usually continues for a day, sometimes more, after which the stalker dumps the person back to the ground, usually deceased, but sometimes not. If you are the person unlucky enough to have found yourself in this situation, you hope the two-story fall finishes what the stalker did not. That slime that had been seeping into the open wounds of the unfortunate contains thousands of microscopic eggs. Incubation is 8 to 12 hours before as many eggs as space and sustenance would allow begin hatching. Most people haven't survived the stalker's horrific process to this point, but it has happened. What hatches from and eviscerates the body are known as corruptors. They are flying, hummingbird-like creatures capable of incredible speed and mobility, roughly the size of a common swallow, but the same wrinkly gray flesh common among the miasmic animals. The stingers attached to their underside are the terrifying part about the corruptors and what gives them their name. Or, more accurately, the venom they inject. If one finds a human and manages to inject said person, they are infected with an unknown disease. 
What this disease does is obliterate the calcium in the infected person's body, forcing bones and teeth to dissolve. Blood is unable to clot, and muscles fail to contract. However, core functions of the body, such as circulatory and respiratory systems, remain partially operational. As a result, the person turns into what is a living pile of sloppy flesh. The last and possibly most horrifying effect the corruptor's venom has on the infected is the ability for their anatomy to be changed by the cluster's blighted atmosphere. These amorphous piles of human flesh transform into monstrous amalgamations. Their evolutionary development is predisposed by the regional environment, weather, stress levels, genetics, and who knows what else. Thus, creating entirely new beings, from slug-like, shrieking crawlers to incredibly fast, predatory subhuman savages. The horrors of this world are constantly evolving. And every passing day, Earth becomes increasingly inhospitable to humanity. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
fucking nightmare. <laughs> Nightmare!